Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We are back in the book of Genesis. We're in chapter 44 today. We're going to be putting in uh, officially around verse 30, but we might start a little bit ahead of that to set the stage. We'll finish up chapter 44, and we'll go through chapter 45. And um, this book is, uh, McGee says, is one of the, probably one of the most, if not the most, um, dramatic areas of the Bible. This family reunion. Um, we've got Joseph being sold into slavery uh, by his brothers who are jealous of him. And then God is with him, though. And um, Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams for Pharaoh and uh, ends up being made uh, sort of chief of all the land, uh, second only to, to Pharaoh himself. And then, um, of course, um, a drought comes after seven years of plenty. We have seven years of famine. uh, um, Joseph's brothers eventually have to come begging for food. He sends, you know, food with them, but um, he basically accuses them of being spies. And he holds on to one of the brothers, I believe it was Simeon, so that they could uh, take the food back to their father, uh, Jacob, but um, he's holding Simeon. And of course the brothers, they, they, don't, they don't go back to get him. They, um, they uh, leave Simeon there, but the drought continues. And now we're into the second year of the drought and um, they have to go begging again for food, but this time they have to bring Benjamin as Joseph requested. And so, um, and basically, uh, they, uh, Joseph feeds them, he gives them food, but he plants his goblet in Benjamin's knapsack. And then when the, their, the brothers are back on their way, um, he has, uh, uh, Joseph has some of his uh, uh, people go out and intercept them. And they said, you know, somebody's stolen from us. And uh, they find the goblet is in Benjamin's knapsack. And uh, now Benjamin's going to have to be in their charge. He's going to be in prison. And uh, that's not going to fly. 
uh, with the father, with the father Jacob. So all the boys have come back once again begging uh, to Joseph, but they don't know Joseph is their brother. That's what makes this so dramatic. And uh, it's, it's sort of a family reunion here, but Joseph is trying to um, test his brothers a little bit and see where their hearts are. And uh, he is seeing Benjamin here um, for the first time in like 20 years. So Judah is sort of pleading we're sort of jumping back into where Judah is pleading with um, Joseph not to not to keep little Benjamin, to let him go home to the father, Jacob. And, and then Judah was basically saying, I will take his place. I will take his place. And of course, this is sort of a role that Christ does for us too. Christ takes our place as a payment for the punishment that needs to be carried out. So we see so many parallels in this story here of Christ's behavior, of Christ's virtues and what he does for us. But we see it played out in these lives of these of this family. Okay, so we're going to take up uh, with uh, Judah here. Verse 25, And when our father said, Go again, buy us a little food, we said, We cannot go down. If our youngest brother goes with us, then we will go down. So he's telling, the, he's, he's telling Joseph what he was telling his father, Jacob. You know, because Jacob did not want to let Benjamin go, but they had to bring Benjamin. For we cannot see the man's face. He's talking about uh, Joseph's face. Unless our younger brother is with us. Then your servant, my father, said to us, he's telling, he's telling Joseph this, You know that my wife bore me two sons. One left me, and he's talking about Joseph. And I said, Surely he has been torn to pieces. So right here, Joseph sort of knows maybe what the story was about him told to his father. He's getting little fragments of what happened. And I've never seen him since. Verse 29, if you take this one also, meaning Benjamin, from me, and harm happens to him, you will bring down my gray hairs and evil to Sheol. In other words, you're just gonna you're gonna bring me down to the grave. It's gonna kill me. Verse thirty. Now therefore, this is Judah again talking to Joseph. Now therefore, as soon as I come to your servant, my father, and the boy is not with us. Then as, his life, then as his life is bound up in the boy's life, as soon as he sees the boy is not with us, he will die. And your servants will bring down the gray hairs of your servant our father with sorrow to Sheol. So he's telling, Judah is telling Joseph, if we don't have Benjamin back with us, it's going to kill our father. Verse 32, for your servant became, for your servant became a pledge of safety for the boy to my father. So he's, he's saying, I became this pledge of safety. If I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father all my life. Verse 33, Now therefore, please, let your servant, meaning him, Judah, remain instead of the boy as a servant to my Lord, meaning Joseph, and let the boy go back with his brothers. Verse 34, For how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the evil that would find my father. Okay, a very emotional plea by Judah to Joseph not 
to keep Benjamin enslaved or as a servant for, for this goblet that was supposedly stolen. But instead, give me, take me instead. Chapter 45, Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, Make everyone go out from me. So this is really hitting Joseph pretty hard. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And so, so he's going to make himself known here. Verse 2, And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Okay, and Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? Could you imagine? You know, they are standing before the second most powerful man in Egypt, accusing, you know, them of, you know, being spies, now being thieves. Benjamin's going to be in jail. This man has power over their life, their livelihoods. He has power to sell them food. And all of a sudden, the sin in their lives comes back to face them right before them. And he's saying, I am Joseph. I'm still alive. Man, that must have hit him like a ton of bricks, huh? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed as they were dismayed at his presence. In other words, they were just flabbergasted. And they were ashamed. They were they were so sorry, you know, for what they had done. Verse 4, So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near me, please. Okay, so he senses this, and he draws them closer to him, and they came near. And he said, he's saying to them, Look, I'm your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Okay, I'm that guy, and I know what you did to me. Okay, he's sort of further verifying who he is. Verse 5, And now... Do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Wow. Isn't that tremendous? You know, don't be upset with yourselves. Look how Joseph sees the big picture here. Look how Joseph sees this blessing of reconciliation. Despite all the odds the feast or the famine, being a slave, being in prison, being framed, being forgotten. God is sovereign over everything. And Joseph sees that God was using him in all these trials and tribulations to do his will so that God's will be done, not Joseph's will be done, and not the brother's will be done. And in many respects, this is like Jesus Joseph has just revealed himself to his brothers, and Jesus said, One day I will reveal myself to all of you, all of you who betrayed him. And he says, Don't be angry with yourselves for your sins, because God is using me. Even though you betrayed me, every one of you betrayed me when you sin. God is using me to preserve life. We see it played out in Joseph's life. He's preserving life. This is like a parable almost of how Jesus preserves our life when we transgress against Him and we have every reason to be dismayed or angry with ourselves. But just like Joseph says, don't be angry with yourselves, Jesus says, don't be angry with yourselves. 
because of your own sin. God has sent me before you to preserve your life. Verse 6, For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. Verse 7, And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. Joseph sees God's will. Joseph sees his hand in the middle of a famine. Verse 8, So it was not you who sent me here, but God. Joseph sees God's will. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and a lord of all his house and a ruler of all the land of Egypt. Now, how was God able to do this? Because Joseph was faithful. Joseph was not afraid to be used by God. Verse 9, hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. He's saying this is what you need to do. Joseph has just revealed himself. Now it is your turn to act. Just like Christ. He calls us to him. He reveals himself to us. And then he calls us to act. Go tell somebody else. Tell him about me. Why? Because I love you so much. I want everyone to share in the abundance. Verse 10, You shall dwell in the land of Goshen. You shall be near me, and you and all your children, and your children's children, and your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. Verse 11, There I will provide for you. For there are yet five years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. It's like Christ saying, come to me and I will be the bread of life for you and all your household. I'll provide for you. Verse 12, And now your eyes see and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You know, you must tell my father of all my honor in Egypt and of all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Verse 14, Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. All of this occurred, and now they're talking with him. They couldn't even speak with him before all this. Verse 16, When the report was heard in Pharaoh's house, Joseph's brothers have come. It pleased Pharaoh and his servants. I mean, they they thought so much of Joseph to start with. But I'm sure it pleased Pharaoh because Pharaoh knew that how much it meant to Joseph. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, do this. Load your beasts and go back to the land of Canaan and take your father and your households and come to me and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you shall eat the fat of the land. And, to, and you, Joseph, are commanded to say, do this. Take wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives and bring your father and come. Have no concern for your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. He told him, look, this is what you need to do, and I command you to tell them that. Pharaoh wanted Joseph not to hold back anything from the generosity from abundance. This is complete reconciliation, complete redemption. 
these brothers, their sins have been forgiven. This is what forgiveness looks like. It's not halfway forgiveness. It's abundant forgiveness. Verse 21, The sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the command of Pharaoh, and gave them provision for the journey. To each and all them he gave a change of clothes, but to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five changes of clothes. So he really showered it on Benjamin. To his father he sent as follows, ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and provision for his father on the journey. Then he sent his brothers away, and as they departed, he said, Do not quarrel on the way. Now, you wonder what that little command is, do not quarrel. Um, we can probably throw a lot of different um, interpretations on that. Um, my study Bible said, um, it might be something to promote unity um, among the readers of this story or from his brothers. <clears throat> the way I read this, and of course, I don't know, but, you know, I bet you the brothers might have been having, you know, some type of side discussion. Like, I can't believe we did this. And maybe some of the brothers were harder on themselves. Like, why did you sell him into slavery? You know, I, you know, I don't, I never felt right about it. Or, you know, you know how sometimes you just, you tear yourself up inside after you've been forgiven and you say to yourself, I'm, I don't justify it. You know, how could I have been so crazy? And I, I don't know, but I, I just think with all the emotion that these fellas had, Joseph was probably trying to settle all their hearts. No need to worry. No need to quarrel about it. What's done is done. We, we're, we're, we're all forgiven now. Don't quarrel about it. Don't worry about it. I think that might be, um, that might be something that he might have said to them. Verse 25, So they went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to their father Jacob. And they told him, Joseph is still alive and he's ruler over all the land of Egypt. And his heart became numb, for he did not believe them. Now, Jacob. God's been working in Jacob's heart all this time. You know, and Jacob's not been shown to be the bravest. He's that old trickster. And that old trickster, he's been getting tricked himself by his own sons. And of course, now his sons are coming back and he's saying, you know, I'm not going to be tricked again by another whopper. He didn't believe it. Jacob's always been the skeptic. But when he told but when they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, and the, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. In other words, he, he revived. He, his heart changed, and he believed. Now, again, this is another little parallel vignette here. We've seen forgiveness and redemption and reconciliation play itself out. But now we see what faith is. What is faith? Faith is trust. And believing 
in that trust, that's faith. And faith comes from hearing the Word, the Word of God, just like faith for Jacob came from hearing Joseph's words. Seeing, but hearing the words. And in the same vignette here, our faith in Christ comes from, we can see things, but hearing His words, that's where our faith comes from. And when we hear that word, we have to trust in it, but also we have to act on it. Jacob had to leave his home. He was in the middle of the famine, but he is being called to safety. He is being called to an abundant life. Just like Christ, when we hear his word, he calls us to leave our life And it may not be in famine, but it's certainly in sin, which is like famine, which is death itself. He calls us to leave our home and come to Him, come to safety. We think we're well fed, but we're really in famine without the bread of life. Christ is the bread of life. And when Jacob's heart changed... When he saw and when he heard, he was revived. Verse 28, and Israel said, and isn't it it, it like the, the previous verse referred to him as Jacob was revived. And in verse 28, Jacob's name again is Israel. So the the priest verse 27 refers to him as Jacob. Verse 28, after his heart is revived, the verse refers to him as Israel. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. So in other words, despite all of the the treasures and the gifts and the animals and the wagons and the promise, what is enough? My son is still alive so I can go be with him. And for us, despite the houses and the cars and the possessions the job, even our health itself, to be able to see Christ, to go and to be with Him, and to be called by Him to be with Him, that is enough. That is enough. What a beautiful story of the gospel. What a beautiful story of forgiveness and reconciliation. What a beautiful story of faith. We're going to stop here. And now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. And, um, wow, one of my favorite stories, huh? Uh, what about you? So, um, tomorrow will be Friday. We'll uh, be right here tomorrow as we continue our study in Genesis. So, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. God bless you all. Take care. We'll see you tomorrow. Hello everyone, welcome to Eternity, where love never fails.